podcast has changed my life. Man, it's lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be met. Come on, sit down, tuck in. This is not funny! Three, two, one... Well oh, explained. That was Can so I good. say, when I've been on podcasts previously where they've done the sync clap, the three, two, one, they've done a big, um, I've always personally felt that it was a bit unnecessary secretly. I've never expressed it before. Why? In the fact that, but it gives you a <laughs> clap point, right? Yeah, but two tracks. Like, how hard is it to just look at what they're talking about, match it up? Like, ha- it have you take done a, it before? Yeah, it takes like a minute. All right. <laughs> Doesn't it? Maybe, I, Maybe if you I have mean, lots of different uh, people, it would be more difficult. Yeah, I guess not everyone is sort of blessed the way that you are. I it mean, sounds like you're just an incredible editor, Tom, an audio tracks, engineer. You just need to line them up. You're the one who's editing this. I did that for you. I know, I know. I mean, if you really don't care, why don't you tell me up front? Man, I've never felt like I'm going to ditch Cashman and come on um, Team Guy here because that's like he all he did was like quarterback. I'm not criticizing him. I, I thought it was lovely what he did just there. I thought it was a like a jumping off point to start a conversation about the nature of the thing that he did, which is common. Guy didn't invent this. He's not responsible for it. No, yeah. Okay. But if you truly believe, if you truly believed in what you're saying, mm. I would have said, let's do a sync clap. And you would have said, no, I yes, don't believe in that shit. Exactly. And we would have just started talking. And then this entire thing would be half a second well, out of step. I have an idea. <laughs> the, um, dis- the distinction is, though, I secretly don't believe in it. I've been complaining <laughs> for my whole life. Okay, I'm guy, I'm going to press unrecord right now and I need okay. you to as well. And then we're going to miss that and then give it to Tom later on. <laughs> you're going to deliver speak, respond to things Guy says like five minutes later to make it very difficult. What was that, Guy? Yeah, at 6.24, what did you say? <laughs> just, I just want to reply to that. Stop asking him about things he says in the future. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, what do you say the time is there, Sam? Oh, yeah, mate. mate it's 6.15, actually. <laughs> I'll do my clap now. There we go. Does that help? That's ridiculous. Um, how are you, Guy? Oh, look, I'm all right, man. I'm um, looking on at Australia, thinking, "Wow, look at these guys hanging out with each other." You know, is it quite, I'm doing that sort of stuff? Is it quite hack in New Zealand? Because I remember when it was, we were in lockdown, and it was like, quite yeah, hack. it is it's quite like, hack to be in lockdown. lockdown yeah. <laughs> Don't you think that you need to hack. move on? It's an outdated <laughs> response to a pandemic. You I'm know, not there's talking new, more exciting ways. Medically, I'm talking artistically. I feel like um, I'm tired. Yeah. No, I mean like when you're talking to other people, is it hack to go on about the lockdown? Oh, uh, and you sort of, you, you pick your spots, don't you? There's some friends where you, you you don't bother and then the people you know less, it's just another, for, it's just become another accepted form of small talk. Oh there's like God. people who are acquaintances so you have to navigate the first like three or four minutes of conversation with you, you get through and you know it's hack when you've got like ropes lines that you oh, wheel yeah. out. Totally. Yeah. I, to be honest, though, I think that's maybe something I struggled with because the nature of the pandemic changed quite quickly there. Uh, so like my lines that I had, as soon as you got a good one, it worked a few times. Yeah. You'd usually bank that for kind of, you know, any cold weather for the whole of winter, for example, when it was <laughs> with like weather chat. But then pandemic, it'd be like making a comment about the difference between Sydney and Melbourne and then that was no longer it true. Kept you on your toes, though. Oh, see, that's, that's incredibly complex. Like in New Zealand, we're lucky in that only Auckland is um, yeah. in lockdown. Or not lucky, but, you know. Incredibly so lucky. I need to navigate the idea of two cities being in lockdown. Yeah. And also, like, you talk to people who aren't in Auckland and they all go, I don't know. My parents don't really know how to talk to me. 
they're like, they'll start telling me about their day and they're like, oh, you don't want to hear this. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's still, it's still fine. Well, it's no, still you nice give me a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm interested. Are they, yeah, are they implying that you would find it too hurtful to hear or are they implying that you've forgotten what the fucking premises of what they're saying? I think it's it's a it's a it's a, a blend of the two. I think um, Dad's probably playing it on that more meta level, that Cashman level, where yes. he's imagining I don't remember what life was like before, and <laughs> Mum's probably gone down that sort of empathetic taunting yeah. angle. Yeah, totally. The, the the father and the mother of the state of the family. <laughs> yeah, Cashman but, don't get your taunting will. That's what they say. Yeah. It's what it's the perfect, you know, the yin to your yang. It's what makes you boys such powerful podcast hosts. Oh, we ever? You've got Tom setting up all these incredibly esoteric bits, and then Sam just really worrying about how everyone's feeling. I am no, I am worried. And I said to Tom before you came on, I was like, "He's in lockdown. We should talk." And then Tom's like, "I don't know about it." But I genuinely wanted to because I was worried about you. Oh, you're sweet. I do hate it, but it's just you know, it's what the boss said. She said, um, stay in your house. And I'm just like an incredibly compliant boy. Ever since I was like three or four, if there's a rule to follow, I will, I will follow the rule. And it hasn't gotten, is there any level of like anti-rules there? Because I would say Australia is quite a compliant place as well. But yeah. I mean, certain- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there are certain subsets of um, New Zealand, there are people who are frustrated by the, the situation, but yeah. it's just, it's, I don't know. I've just tried to avoid having an opinion. I've tried to avoid any of the news about it. I've got nothing to do with any of it. Like nothing I think is going to have any impact on what we're allowed to do. So why like everyone's skewing themselves in nuts. Mm. And then like we had Guy Fawkes recently and all of my like, you know, cuck, libtard friends on Twitter we're all agreeing, like, you know, we do, you've got to stay the course and we've got to look after everyone, you know, all very noble, um, reasonable thoughts. Mm. All of a sudden, we're at each other over fireworks. And I was, like, there's this, these big online arguments about fireworks because everyone who owns a dog is anti-fireworks and everyone else is like, it's not my fucking fault you bought a dog. <laughs> yeah, so the country sounds like it's falling apart, basically. By New, Ze- by New Zealand standards, we absolutely are. Totally. Yeah, Jesus. You, you know, it started last year. We were on the same page for fireworks, but it takes, you know, <laughs> yeah, one, you one, one and a half years of a massive pandemic, and all of a sudden we, we, we can no longer see eye to eye. I think what you're describing is ultimately a very, very stable society. <laughs> <laughs> Two years into an international pandemic, it is polarised the political position on fireworks. There's, a, there's a chance I'm, I'm cherry-picking the yes. time. I, I don't yeah. really <laughs> want to talk about the actual anti-lockdown <laughs> protesters. Are they protesting? Yeah, there are a bunch of people in Wellington today. The classic, we're not in lockdown, but we're protesting lockdown protests. Hell yeah. Just the, like, the idea of it, you know. Yeah. What well, yeah. does represent something for people? I like what you said about I feel like apathy... It's kind of been the political position I've taken for most of my life beyond maybe ex- things I say to people, which yeah. people often conflate with political action. Right. But um, <laughs> I will say an opinion, you know what I mean? But I haven't really been doing much. But I feel like now because we live in a polarised society, apathy or just kind of staying out of it has become like 
progressive, quite powerful even. You totally. Could yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, yeah. so people have been doing fuck all the whole time. Like, I've slid into quite like a neat... <laughs> well, when you've been yeah. doing the most moral... Fuck, category, all, yeah. fuck yeah. all forever and then they're like, the one thing you can do to help the country is do fuck Thanks all. Thanks for staying out of it. Thanks so You're much like, for not getting perfect. involved online. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. I do think there is something that... We, something, the one way you can help everyone is by shutting the fuck up. Mm. But it, also, you know, it is... Um, Couple of kings of the status quo here, just protecting their patch by silently watching everyone else do shit. Hoping no one notices they've got it pretty good. And and bring, wanting compliments for not actively trying to prevent <laughs> wanting a pat on the back, so, which is what basically what I was just implying that I'm now a legend. Yeah, you've done wonderful things for our country. Oh, thank you. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, is that what you wanted? You, you you boys have been what out and about for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Oh, at least I can okay. a month. Yeah, be close to a month. Time flies when you have handshakes. Are handshakes back on. Kisses are back on. No one's wearing masks. No one's wearing masks. Mm. I'd argue that handshakes are not 100% back on. I reckon they might never come back fully. Uh, you know really? I mean? You don't think you haven't been... Ha- I've been shaking hands. I think it's just a habit thing. I feel like the, the, the threshold someone would need to meet to deserve a handshake from you... Has gone up slightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know true, what I mean. Yeah. I'm, I'm handshaking true. a friend, a guy I've heard about, and like, oh my god, it's him! Oh, lovely to meet you. Yeah, Great, of course. But someone just at a pub, hey, you can wave. I feel yeah. like I think so. Have you been in a situation where someone's put their hand forward? Someone who falls into this strata of familiarity, which is not a handshake level, and they put their hand out, and you have to you have to explain away your. I yeah. have, I have, but not full extension really close to me. I feel like that would then get into the realm of being quite rude. Of you being like, like, well, there's actually a hierarchy of people that I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah you're fucking <laughs> <laughs> What's the basis of the hierarchy? Oh, how much I think they're going to help me in my life in the future and how much I expect to get close to them. And there's get no it. such thing as a free handshake, to be honest. So I can't do that <laughs> willy-nilly, especially under the medical situation. And then it would be difficult to kind of track why the handshakes were going down, whether it was because of my choice or because everyone hates the guy who keeps going on and refusing handshakes <laughs> and talking about the hierarchies of but the handshakes. But the government then would love you and use you as a post. The government? Would be like, this <laughs> guy, get involved in he's this. been doing nothing the entire... Oh, no, the word would get out about this guy that okay. refuses to shake people's yeah, hands. Yep. Citing COVID as mm. his reasons, uh, but, you know, as the front... They put you on, like, some kind of advertising campaign. Yes. Don't shake hands like Cashman, the most totally. unsociable yeah. man alive. That's, that's your like. That's the political hell on which you're you're willing to stand out and it's die. Like, yeah, just talking about apathy, but no, I will yeah. uh, be the face of not shaking hands, which I of, I, of only shaking hands with people who can provide you some sort of personal or professional advantage. Do not shake hands unless it gets your head in life. Like just a proper, yeah. A proper news, like face-to-camera type thing. And I'd just like to clarify that the getting ahead in life thing includes getting to know someone and growing to be friends or love them. But you know, mainly which is a yeah. professional advantage. But mainly, yeah. Most people, I suppose the older you get, the less likely that is. So we're, we're mainly totally, thinking money. Totally. It's all about them dollars. AUD, not the... Um, what do you got over there? <laughs> NZD, baby. How's that going? <laughs> no, this I've still got some. Precisely the type of conversation I was trying to avoid. The, <laughs> no, but genuinely, what's the NZ dollar? Australia and New Zealand recap on the differences. No, but what is the New Zealand dollar? I, know, Sam, I haven't, I haven't had to look because I've been here for the last two fucking years. Yeah, but I mean, do you don't ever check the finance report? 
Fuck, I couldn't even tell you what the AUD buys actually at the moment. No, what are you, what are you, you're not even interested in this. I am interested. You never know. After this, I might be in a conversation and I can drop in. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, New Zealand dollars it's not doing well. It's all about thinking about the next conversation. Gleaning information <laughs> yeah, from yeah, 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 yeah. on a podcast while planning out. <laughs> this is going to kill later. Is it? I have a feeling it's not going to. It's not even about killing. Sometimes it's just about keeping the ball in the air. Oh, <laughs> Damn straight it is. Next uh, time you're um on stage and you're sort of <laughs> half, you're halfway forgetting your next thing, you should just say, "You don't know what the uh, NZD's at against AUD." Yeah, I, I, genu- I genuinely think it'll get allowed. Yeah. you know, the, you know when you're looking at the back of a book and it says AUD thirteen ninety nine. So sometimes below that also NZD like seventeen ninety nine. Who are these? Who are these authors who pre-adjusted their books for inflation? And also, you don't know what the exchange rate's going to be when this book is sold. You're trying to predict the future. You fucking yeah, maybe in 2010 that made sense, but in twenty twenty one, what the fuck would you know about the inflation rate, you author cunt? Oh look, okay, I led to a pretty good rip. All <laughs> <laughs> power to the man. Yeah, mate, the ball was in the air, went over the net that time. Oh, yeah, it's not too bad. Um, what's like, what's what's hack in terms of small talk over there at the moment? Because you're a month ahead of us now. New Zealand is this. I feel like we're in this crazy. We've we travelled back in mm. time. We we went zipping into the future, and we were like, holy shit, look at this. And then we flew too close to the sun, mm. and now we've been set back quite a bit. So, what 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 can I look forward to a month from now in terms of conversationally, and what are some do's and don'ts? I'd, oh. I'd say that politics has kind of come into the fore more during lockdown because mm-hmm. everyone's kind of mm-hmm. more engaged yes. in like free to wear TV basically because it's like there's fuck all to do, and I think that kind of keeps you connected with the society. And it became a bit more normal to talk about like things in the news. That's faded. I would say that's over the last out, month, yeah. I think that's done. Well, it is crazy yeah. how like politicians mm. were such a big part of our lockdown, and people mm. were talking about them. They're in the zeitgeist completely, like transcended like political discourse, just completely like pop culture almost. Mm. But I haven't heard anyone talk about a politician in weeks. But then that could almost bring it back. I feel like now would be the time to be talking about premier goss. People are built now. You're like it's it oh yeah. Special. You've always said that great sort of you're you're. Um, even I guess at a state level, your state and your federal politicians are just, it's an incredible parade of incompetence. It's honestly. Oh, okay. a, a, well, they, look, became, that's okay for us to say. That. <laughs> I don't know if we want an outsider coming in. They became more famous and I think they weren't, they simply weren't ready. Like we yeah. might have seen in the comedy industry, you know, some people. Yeah, yeah. Say, it's like when a, when a TikToker or a YouTuber suddenly has this huge audience, <laughs> but they, they can't they can't do an hour live. Exactly. Like, <laughs> hey, give it a crack. Yeah. Yeah. Glad, it a crack. They was glad it's running New South Wales. That's it. They're Dude, like, okay, but, for the next 20 minutes of this show, uh, everyone throw a beer at me. I think that's going to be maybe what we do. The those political those poor premiers became the most powerful people. Because, mm. like, yeah, we don't have, a, like, a, a strong national leadership in this country. Mm. So they just took a back seat and then these people that no one ever knew their names were suddenly really forced to make some hard and especially New South Wales Gladys was pretty much the face of the country yeah that's a bit of fun I think another thing I would say is there's probably I think it's now hack in my mind to say that you are awkward because of the lockdown 
I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I can't socialise. I don't oh, know. I'm so, oh, I haven't socialised. I don't know what's normal. Mm. I've forgotten yeah. about this. I think it is a bit uh, different when you come back into the, you know, like a social setting. Yeah. Kind of normal to the normal amount of social anxiety, but a bit heightened because it's a bit fresh. But, I mean, generally, I see a coral. I think a lot of the people that were saying that they were awkward now were all fucking awkward before. Mm. Yeah. And that's to just be, To be fair, there's probably, um, you know, intensified the awkwardness. Yes. They've probably, like, spent how many, 30 years bring up a social muscle, and then it's atrophied for however many months. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, by rights, I can see why they're gravitating towards saying that because they probably feel like they're bombing every hand. Yeah, but don't just don't imply that it was fine before the problem. <laughs> like, I'm more awkward now, I would. <laughs> and these are the kinds of reasons I'm not going to shake your fucking hand. Yeah, um, it's like the second tab on your spreadsheet from handshakes. Exactly. Excuses. I don't like excuses. Lockdown excuses. Are they legitimate? Um, Aeroplane food, no longer hack. Yeah, oh, back in. It's back I mean, in. That's a good example. Like, who's been in an airplane? <laughs> Fuck, I loved it. Dude, I went on a phone last plane. week. It was oh loved every God, second of it. It was so exciting. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Where did you fly to? I went to Byron Bay. Akmal was on my flight. Oh wow! Yeah. Did, what, what's happening in Byron Bay? Did you get the vaccine extracted from you, dude? No, I did. Ha ha ha! No. <laughs> That's crazy. You know about the buyer, but, uh, but no, he's I there for two days now. He's all defensive about him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went there. dude. Within uh, a second, uh, guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, within a second, I was like an anti-vaxxer as soon mm, as I got there. But no one nice. was wearing. I was like, yeah, these we've got to look into the vaccines. They're not legit, you know. Within a second, but I flew and it was good. And I was, I don't, I think if I had a good story from the flight, I don't think that would be a hack conversation topic. Absolutely. Because I think people are like, what's it like? Actually, people are like, what's it like at the airport? Are totally. the shops open? I'd also say that, I, which I think you just alluded to, the fact that, like, the more you go through a lot, I think people get sick of it, and I think people are enjoying being compliant during, and they're wanting to do the right thing, but the kind of do-gooderiness of, oh, we need to do all the right thing, that becomes hacky to me. Like, if nagging about masks now to me, it's like, grow yeah. up. Oh, my God. It's totally. got to end somewhere. But that's what I mean. It's like... I get to Byron, no one's wearing masks. Mm. I'm like seeing people in masks being like losers, like do mm -hmm. get into it. Mm -hmm. Like I, whatever people whatever people are doing, it's like I'm just doing that. <laughs> whatever people are isn't doing. That, isn't that how um, the Nazis started? Dude, but as, do you know what? When I went and got my vaccine guy, I was lined up. In the in this mm. car park at, at RPA, lining up to get the Pfizer, there was a thousand people lining mm. up, and in my head I was like, I understand how the Nazi Party got going. Yeah. It's so easy to get people to do stuff. <laughs> there was a, every day we just got sent to these fucking big long makeshift camps mm. to get a jab. Yeah, how camps long were you in Byron Bay for? Yeah, four days, but it was <laughs> it was a big four days. Big four days. The comparisons to the Nazis. Applied for a gun license this week. That happens at day three. Do not take my freedom is all I'm saying. Oh dear. I um, oh, well. I wanted to ask you guy about uh, fights you've been in because uh, when I was waiting for Taunton to arrive, uh, there was a man yelling at another man, um, very uh, threatening violence. Out the front. It's quite scary. It's happened once before in that building as well when I was here maybe what? like two months ago. Yeah. Going across for, from there. I'm sure Guy knows it. Yeah, I know what all those buildings. Well, I mean, he does. He does. I think I took him up there. But um, <laughs> have you ever been in a fight, Guy? Uh, mm, 
No, I've been um, I've been beaten up, but I don't yeah. think anyone who was involved would describe it as a fight. Does that like, count as a fight? Uh, no, again, too compliant it for it to qualify sure. as two people contributing. I was um, uh, it was at the end of the night. I was with some friends. We we're walking up Queen Street, which is kind of uh, it's it's the main street in the middle of Auckland. It's it's no good, mm. and um, I wanted to buy some weed. Mm. And uh, well, you, you deserved know, like, it, mate. Illegal drugs. You deserve what came to you. Well, that's right. And uh, we sort of, you know, famously want to punch <laughs> yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, uh, asking um, sort of whoever we came, whoever we came across, mm. friendly, genial, and then asked some guys um, on a street corner. I said, "Do you have any weed?" And the guys like, "Yeah, man. Uh, do you want a tinny? And do you have, do you have tinnies in Australia?" A tin is like a, it's a rolled up bit of tinfoil with roughly $20 of, of weed in it. Oh, mm. we would call that a, a stick, I guess. A yeah. stick of weed? It's, yeah. But anyway, you know, usually you get enough weed to make maybe two or three joints. It's not a great deal, but, you know, it's 2 a.m. or whatever. So what are you going to do? And I was like, yeah. So I gave the guy $20 <laughs> and he gave me, he, he gave me what was just a, a ball of scrunched up. Oh, that's not bad. Like, oh, that's a tiny, a tiny, like with, you know, the remnants of what was once weed in there. Mm. And then I looked at it in front of him and I was like, oh, no, man, I, I think I just like the money back. Mm. And then he said, no, 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 this is my money now. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> and this he feels like this a, is New Zealand dollars, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 yeah. NZD. Yeah, okay, yeah, good. <laughs> Um, so I guess what roughly seventeen thirty five AUD at yeah, the time, yeah. which would be twenty sixteen. It makes it, yeah. yeah that helps. Um, that really I mean, how would you know you're not an author? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but the weed dealer might have been yeah, an author. There we go. Uh, and so, but I, I was, I sort of was like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's what you get. You ask a guy to buy weed on the street at two o'clock in the morning, they kind of get to do what they want. Yeah. But my friend, mm. he was going, nah, that's that's bullshit. You got to pay him. And I was like, oh, no, we. I need to go down this road, you know, like uh, there's only prob- probability wise, there's one person who's going to wind up wearing this. And then they're like, what? And she's like, no, it's bullshit. And then they sort of turned and went to walk away around the corner. And then she followed them. And I was like, oh, this is getting really bad what? now. So then I, no. I, I followed okay. her. Also, you have to follow yeah. Yeah. because of the gender split. You have no choice. And then, to follow. you know, I actually don't remember this part. Um, the exact switch vividly, but all of a sudden, no longer was she standing in front of them, but I was standing, we were like around a street corner outside of a construction site. So there was like, you know, one of those makeshift um, metal fences with like the the canvas on it advertising whoever the building company is against the building. So obscured from public view. And I thought, this feels like a pretty compromising position. And, uh, there were, there were three of the guys now, and one of them was like, give me your phone and your wallet. Oh, my well, God. Well, this has gotten a lot worse. Like, well, you I know, I know. And I said, of weed to, for that to be worth it. Yeah, and I said, this is uh, uh, the one point of pride I take from this story, is I said, um, no, but that's my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then the guy who asked, he threw, a, he threw a cinder block. There was like some loose cinder block, into a cinder block into the wall next to me. Jesus. And so I handed over my stuff and then they punched me in the face a few times and then uh, they ran away. Really? Like that's, um, yeah, just unacceptable. 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it was. It didn't go exactly as planned. And, you your, know, and your friend, where did they get to? Uh, they weren't there. They were not there for this part. Really? I don't know where they were. They were very I mean, quick to defend you in the first yeah. instance, but not. Well, so I much. think verbally defending someone is is appealing. I mean, Absolutely, did you? Yeah. yeah did, what's the chat like then with this friend? Because that, I mean, it's their fault, kind of. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I actually, there's, it, there's no, there was no lingering tension. I was just like, no, that went badly, and they're like, yeah, and then we sort of, um, <laughs> then we, oh, and then we, we uh, told, we told the police because there was a police car, and I was bleeding, and I was like, oh, I just got mugged, and they're like, okay, yeah. And then they asked me what I was buying, and my friend said tobacco, and I said weed at the mm. same time. This friend. <laughs> and um, they said, well, you shouldn't buy weed. And I said, I know that. Well, and like, they touched so, you as well? Yeah, no, and then that was it. Do, do they were like, they, they didn't find the guys, and I made a recovery. Oh, thank God. Thank God. And, and we're yeah. very glad about yeah, that aspect glad. of it. If you were going to steal someone's phone now, say you were that, say, say you were, you had it in you to put the shots on to hit mm. them and hurt them. Mm. What did they ask for your passcodes as well? Because that's the first thing I'd be doing. I'd be like, I know. You'd think so. Them. No, they just, they just took the phone and while it wasn't planned. They didn't have a strategy in place. They were just opportunistic. Absolutely. Right. I would also argue that the main benefit of stealing someone's phone is so you can do a factory reset and resell the phone as yeah, opposed no, to access the phone as the put, guy and, like, cosplay as dude, the phone. Yeah. If you put find my phone on it, doesn't it lock it? Can you not factory reset it or you can't? Now these are the cons. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I, I, was, I, 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 I don't it. remember the I particulars. Mean, I don't know either. Um... Basically, the, the phone and wallet were, were never recovered. I'd argue mm. that that, like in terms of going around, because um, I feel like that question of have you been in a fight happens in social settings quite often. I'd say yes. once a year to me. What, someone um, asks you if you've been in a fight? Yeah, I mean, at a party or sitting around a fire or in some sort of social setting with people your age and people are like they're, they're relaxed and they're now kind of getting into getting to know each other and about their past a little bit more. And that's kind of like a, a bit of a classic question. And people ask, could you strike me as the vibe of no one? No one's like asking never... me specifically. Yeah, 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 it yeah, comes yeah. up over there and then it spreads around and people, there's a cursory glance comes my way as people clarify for yeah. one second that I haven't and what do you And what, what do you say? I say no. Uh, usually, I think I was almost in a fight in year eleven. I was scheduled to be in a boxing match. There were um, there were there were boxing matches that took a place across the road from the school. That everyone like you know a hundred people um, uh, snuck out of school and like you know That's we, we so weren't fun. allowed to do this. And we it was stood in a circle and we watched people box. And it was quite. Were they pro- were they properly bloody each other up? They were wearing proper gloves, but they were proper hitting. I mean, they were boys. Were they ex NRL players? They, no, they were all. We students, right, okay. Um, yeah. They weren't, yeah, they, they weren't. There's of, a market for these I mean, boxes, I mean, even at a high school. Once you get a few fights going, and then you import people from other schools, you bring Paul Gallon in and <laughs> start charging. Fourteen year old. If only it was allowed to get to that. There would have been like in his prime, Paul Gallon. There would have been <laughs> yeah. an absolute mess. <laughs> Him versus Stephen Dong, the guy that <laughs> fought the. I remember fighting Will Lamb, but um. Uh, yeah, that was like a fun thing that was like once every week. And I think maybe the fifth one or something, um, I was approached to fight a guy, my friend Adrian, who was in fights 
quite often at school, right? But was shorter than me, and I was told as part of the pitch, which I didn't really think about it at the time, that I was probably like there were sales tactics going on. Yeah. Um. Someone came to me try, to try and convince me. I suppose because they need something to watch. I was told that my reach was going to be uh, valuable, very valuable, incredible. Yeah. Like, isn't it? Isn't the the base level of idiocy we assume of high school boys just phenomenal? It's like yeah. being in a yeah. fight. <laughs> Your arms are long. Exactly. Been in maybe 20 fights versus never. But, the, but, but a two-centimeter range. So, so, aside, from, aside from the overwhelming satisfaction that comes with, you know, recognizing the power of your incredibly long, thin arms, <laughs> what do you stand to gain from being in this fight? Is there, like, is there, are there kickbacks? Is there anything? Absolutely is nothing. pride in any way? Certainly pride. If you won, particularly if I won against this guy, and I think this also came up in the pitch, my Lord, imagine the reputational uh, benefits. Right. Come so on. it was like you would then go to a new level of, of status at the same time. Like how, how close were you with Adrian? I was friends with him. I would say if I had to get real, he was in the cool group. <laughs> okay. And you were, and I you was, were on the fringes. I was on the fringes, I'd say. Um, yeah. I didn't necessarily but, want to be in the cool group, but, but I, I was certainly... Yeah, but you have to say that. Yeah. I mean, that is like, <laughs> yeah, like every kid in school that wasn't in the cool group, they're yeah. like, I kind of floated between. I, the, yeah. I wasn't in a designated group. I school. loved going to play basketball with the basketball guys. <laughs> Dude, that's actually a heap. There's probably nothing more in high school that if you mm. knock this guy out, bang. Mm. You're in the cool group. Yes, I mean, I mean, it didn't. I mean, yeah, it's difficult to know where the rationalisation begins because it was now my opinion on it or my memory of it is like based on a rationalisation that happened decades ago. Mm. But um, definitely, I would have been seen as. I, I think I saw how other previous winners, like just around the school, it's like walking to class. Hey, legend, good fight. You know what I mean? They're getting just like props as they're yeah. walking around. It's not even about long-lasting friendships. Simply okay. about but like, are, they not, are they not then getting, like, if you win this fight, mm. all of a sudden is there not a massive target on your back? Isn't that like Cashman's the man to beat? Oh, would you retire undefeated? Oh, that's a great question. I think there was actually a repeat fight. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think it was <laughs> yeah, a repeat fight. Like... There's a rematch clause. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't. You, you certainly didn't need to worry about the fights happening. It was quite a nerdy school, so it's not like someone would bash you at, in another context just because you were like tough or something. But certainly, maybe you'd be invited back. But anyway, my fight never so, happened. Uh, thank yeah. God, it was cancelled. Did he cancel it? No, oh, that would have been great. Because then you could have maybe oh. gotten a bit closer to the cool group. And to be honest, I should have spread that rumour that like he told the teachers it was on to get out of it. He was scared mm -hmm. and you had trash-talked him. You were like, mm -hmm. my reach, you won't stand a chance. <laughs> yeah. I can, that, 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 I can that, get that, you from your bedroom at night. Yeah, That's yeah. how long it is. <laughs> that feels to me like the way you'd win a fight, Cashman. <laughs> through an administrative error. Or yeah. through dobbing. I think through mean? data <laughs> manipulation, perhaps. But... um. I remembered sparring before. It was. It became real that it was also just something I agreed to. You know, it was. It was, yeah, a, it yeah. was an idea. And you got gloves on. And then I was given the gloves, and and I was sparring with someone else, like to practice, like an hour beforehand. And he hit me in the face, like a, just a jab, not like so a full you, one. And do you it, know what's? Dude, I just got a tiny look at that long reach there. Do you know what's incredible to me is this story? You know, is actually I'm fascinated by it and I find it really interesting in this context on a podcast. But if we were like at a party and you started telling a story, I'd be like, yeah, hey, shut the fuck up, Tom. This is nothing. <laughs> it is. It's absolutely nothing. 
absolutely nothing. I think it's nothing it's a time that I almost fought. I was scared. I was probably going to lose, but then it didn't eventually. This is, this is that, that, yeah, the anecdote is, yeah, I, I, I was sort of floating in high school. <laughs> I think you get all the drama, which is what you want yeah. in the lead up to fight week. You get all this drama. You get the backstories. That's what we're getting here. Unfortunately, totally. we didn't get the main event. <laughs> we did. But, you know, we got 50% of it. But that makes me, and I suppose drills down into what I was going to ask, is what the point of it is, the point of the question. I get the sense when I'm in these, quest- uh, in these conversations, often with men who are asking whether other men have, have been in fights, it's a bit... Of a question of like, are you tough? You know, some people will be like, yeah, I've been heaps of fights. I stand up for myself. Like I'm a mm. tough guy. I'm a fighter. Then below that, even people who aren't that type of guy and wouldn't want to be, they're the people who are like, yeah, I've endured some violent times and like I'm, I'm tough in that way as well. And maybe even being a victim, but like I've felt what it's like to get punched in the face. I've lived a crazy life yeah. of different stuff. You know, but so I take no pride in my toughness. But yeah, but I and would say that your one does fall into that I know, that it, falls, it falls into that category. And it's post-rationalization, though, because it's like, mm. of course, now I say, well, it's quite nice to know what it feels like to be punched in the face. Yeah. But, you know, I would much prefer to have not been punched in the face to have not had my uh, wallet and cell phone taken. That was a real pain in the ass at the time. Mm. You know, it actually, it actually, now I remember, though, it led to a fan. I had a date, I think, the next day. So here we go. Now we're talking. And uh, obviously, I had a, 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 a black eye, but I'd met this person prior. So, mm. you know, it wasn't that they, they were like, oh, you know, it's a, good, it's a good intro, but I didn't have a wallet. And for the day, we went for a walk and we went into an um, open home and we role played as though we were looking at buying oh a house. And that was, that's one of the greatest like formulas or, or like date activities I've ever experienced in my life. Totally. That's so fun. Did you also role play that you were a victim of domestic abuse? And I she mean, was yeah. You up? Yeah, yeah. We, 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 had, we peppered that, you know, role play with all sorts of exciting Easter eggs for the, um, the diehards. Yeah. It's always a good nugget to introduce on a first date. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pretend you've hit You know who really spooked this real tour? Which is the goal. Which is the goal. Night. Um... Wait, so what, wait, so how badly, what, it's all crazy that whenever someone's in a fight mm. and then they, they have signs the next day, they do have a black eye. Mm. I've done a bit of like practice boxing. It's so hard to punch where you want to punch. Mm. I struggle to believe that everyone can get so close to the eye. I reckon also there's quite liberal uses of the term black eye. Yeah, I've where seen, exactly was it? Like you're imagining. It's, that, it's not the, it's the outside of yeah. the eye socket. It's not on the inside. It's just like swollen and purpled. I mean, a black eye would be probably exaggerating. No, but, but people generally, I've observed this, are very happy to give the, the the award of black eye to things that are just a bit of a thing. Yeah. Because, you know, we all love it. Yeah. Oh, Every, it's like the ever. Emperor's New Clothes, you know? Like, we're all like, oh, my God, it's a black eye. Oh, I'm like, <laughs> work. I'm like I've never been in a fight, Tom. You've never been in a fight? I'd love to have been in a fight. I, what I'm actually interested in, oh, Sam, Jared because... I broke my rib the other day boxing. That doesn't count. But that doesn't count. Yeah, you're asking for it. Is I got it. I got it. It was nice to know where Tom stood in terms of social hierarchy at school. But I'd love to know where you were at in year eleven because you you have the face and demeanour of someone who is who is and has always been. I would say cool, traditionally thank you, cool. Thank you, guy. Oh my, thank God. you, guy. All right, thanks for joining us. We're gonna wrap up. <laughs> 
I like that. Good luck with the lockdown, mate. Don't forget to like, <laughs> comment, and subscribe. First of all, how how often does someone get to hear something like that? My God. And also, how often does someone get to hear it expressed like that? Also, have it recorded. I'm going to be playing this for the next two. I'm going to play this to my girlfriend. <laughs> I think you 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 it'll be diminishing returns. I think as, as long as you're as long as you're basking in it, it sort of betrays everything right, I okay. said. Okay, this guy's a fucking loser. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? But yeah, no great question. Well, where did I fit in the social hierarchy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Were you were you like Tom? Would you euphemistically describe yourself as on the fringe of the cool group? <laughs> I would say um, it was hard because I went to a school where it was like it was quite a bad school, I guess, academically, demographically. I kind demographically. of demographically. I I mean, just like there was not a you know, it's just narrow, whatever. But I mm. was playing golf a lot at a high. I mean, this mm. is crazy. Like, so I wasn't there a lot in year eleven and twelve. I was I missed a lot of days of my HSE, which is a thing we have over here, guy. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can work out what it is. And um, I. But then when you swing, so yeah, let's first of all focus on year eleven and twelve when you're kind of away for sport. Yes. But it's not. I mean, I don't know how it was perceived. It's not the coolest sport, but it's still you're excelling at sport. When, yeah, you, yeah. when you float by, like, are people like, oh, my God, cool, he's here? Or is it like, yeah. who's that guy? We don't know. Especially at, at, at the school as you've described it. It's not like you're at, you know, Yale or something and no. you get to walk around with a, a wool, woolen sweater tied no, around no, your no, neck. No, no, it's yeah. like, here's the fucking nerd who's really good at golf. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you weren't there. I, people were quite <laughs> impressed that I could play golf. <laughs> It was I, saw, I mean, I, I am now. I think it's awesome. But uh, look, I I wasn't. Um, I was. I I would argue for year eleven and twelve, I was in the cool group. But that's only because all the cool kids left in year ten at my school. Oh, okay. That's yeah, another element. They left to do like trades and go surfing. So then yeah. I was probably in the second group and by default, Stephen Bradbury type moment, yes. we got rocketed to the hot seat. Gotcha. Which was, very, which was a dream come true, if I'm honest. That's awesome. Yeah. The day we started year 11 and we're like, they're not here. We're like, oh, could we'll you sit be? over there in that like, good bit. What are the odds of this? Yeah. We're, we're, we've got pick of the handball game. Like it was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, wow. But it, it does sound like you were certainly second tier until all those cool kids left. <laughs> Well, it's kind of like been the pattern of my life a lot of the time. You know, I've never been quite in the top group, mm. but, you know, I'm not far, I'm knocking down the door. <laughs> well, what happened to your golf game? It sounds like you were at the top of that for a few years. I was, but then, Guy, look, I don't know if you've ever had pressure on you as a child to succeed in an area, but it all kind of built. I feel like I burnt out. Yeah. And, um, I yeah, I was, like, playing. I was at a quite a high level, and I played. I was in the state team and ranked nationally, and I was going to go to college and stuff in the States, but um, I remember just it just all I it just got too much and I was like I'm done. It's it yeah. was, I would yeah yeah it's um but I you know I was probably never good enough to be good. But you, you've now opted for the much more stable livelihood of uh, comedy. <laughs> exactly. No podcasting, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> podcasting is probably sa- <laughs> devastatingly podcasting is more stable than comedy. Yeah, I know. Are you on those Patreon dollars? You're a big podcaster. Yeah, we've got a Patreon. Yeah, not, it's not, it's not nothing crazy, but it's handy. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally, totally. We've got to ask Guy whether he was cool in school. That's what he's anger. I'm. You don't have to. Off. No, I would. I would. I was demanding it. I want to know. No, you no, went to a, private boys' school, right? I did and in Christchurch, New Zealand. I mm. uh, and I was no. I would. I would probably uh, categorize myself in a similar structure as Tom. Like, I. 
I, me and my friends, we were very funny and we were very close. And we were, um, I would say we were, we were welcome anywhere for a certain amount of time, but um, we weren't going to the parties. I wasn't at, you know. But also my main measure of coolness in um, high school was whether or not I'd had sex. Oh, and, yeah, mate, absolutely. And I, um, it still is, really, in my so, life. Yeah, exactly. So I was never cool. Yeah. Do you think, <laughs> would it have blown your mind if one day you came to school and someone was like, there's a fight, if you win, you could move to the cool group? Would you have taken up the fight? No. Like, my desire to not get hurt far outweighs my desire. Like, I was happy. I, I I don't think I would have even even I, in the, I don't like the reframing of this as if I it's some Squid Game esque desperation to get dude, to the top. You said a hundred people <laughs> running, and if you win, people are like, "Cash man!" I thought yeah, it was yeah, Richard, you said you were sparring. <laughs> you said you started training. <laughs> I was sparring that day, but you've uh, you asked me what the social repercussions would be. I just thought, I thought it'd be fun, and I think I was tricked by the fact that the 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 big mitts. Are quite like the gloves. The, yeah, the gloves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Soften, soften the blow. Yeah, I didn't think it would be that big a deal until that guy in the sparring hit me in the face quite lightly, and it really fucking hurt. I was it like, oh no, I'm you, I'm in for one you. here. Mm. Yeah, God, I would have loved to have um to I would that I would they did a comedian wrestling match or something a comedian in Edinburgh one year. Yeah, yeah. or maybe in Melbourne or something. That can only they do they do it in Edinburgh, but it's the psychos would get involved. Incredibly well choreographed, I believe, as as mm. traditional wrestling is. Can I actually ask also, um, when did you two come across each other, and what were your perceptions? Well, we, there was, and who who was who was like tuning who for oh, friendship? This is a great origin story because Cashman didn't like me originally. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah, no, like that's... well, off me. Do, and do, do, do you know why? It's because of that cool energy you have emanating off your person. <laughs> Dude, I like that, but I don't think it was. I think you saw through. You saw the, te- the second tier in me straight away. <laughs> no, we, we had a miscommunication. It's simply what happened. Okay, yeah, really. totally. Right? Yeah. No, that's what it was. I, I, I'm happy to tell this story. I feel like I can almost certainly do it. I'm just trying to remember all the aspects of it. You. So there were two elements to this story. Okay, no, no, no. So we did a gig on a Tuesday maybe. Yeah, so this, like yeah, this is the, the first Enmore time. Comedy yes. Club, which you're familiar with. Go yeah. on. I think we had a chat. Nice to yeah. meet you. Well, yeah. Can, can I also... Did, so was hosting we, the show. And you both knew of each other as comics in the world at that point. I honestly had never heard of who you... I didn't know who you <laughs> were. <laughs> <laughs> but I also was living in Melbourne at the time. Yeah. And Tom lived in Sydney. Yeah, and I think I'd, I probably had heard your name. But yeah, uh, because there's some fucking, you know, out of towner coming in and stealing a hosting gig. No, Tom was hosting. I was uh, just popping in to do a spot. I was and Tom made me feel very welcome in his Yeah, and I I don't I don't agree that there's a uh, um a resentment with within of people coming in from out of town. I think that's no. nice. It's part of the fun of comedy, if I that's could say. That's quite an insular perspective and maybe one that yeah. someone would hold if they had been locked down <laughs> for 89 days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so I would at least, if at the very least, if I did have those feelings at the time or even c- could observe them within myself now, would not admit to them. So that's not part Great. of the official story. Mm, yep. um, then I think on the Wednesday, I don't know if you're familiar with the site LinkedIn guy. Yeah. Um, but on the site LinkedIn, 
I had a profile um, of uh, which uh, basically listed myself as a lawyer at the time, which was what I was doing. I was a full-time uh, lawyer at the yeah, time. Yeah. And Fantastic. you can see through the uh, functionality of LinkedIn who looks at your profile. And what do you know? The next day I get a notification that says Sam Taunton, none other than Sam, Sam mm. Taunton, has, has viewed your page. That's, see, that's quite sweet. I was working at the Herald Sun at the time, which mm. is a beautiful little paper we have over yeah. here in Melbourne. Beautiful. Yes. It's owned by um, Rupert. And so you, you, you were also, I'm actually asking this to protect myself now. I don't have a LinkedIn profile, but sometimes I go on there to check people out. Yes. They don't know that's me. No, once they? you no. delete the profile, which is what I did, after this. <laughs> yeah, so no, you, you need a profile and you need to have settings on. Basically, if if you can see when people see you, then if you're looking yeah. at people, they can see. But if you turn that all off, that doesn't happen. Unless I think they have LinkedIn Pro. I think if they pay for it, they can see. But I still have a profile and I don't care about that because I'm like, if you're paying for LinkedIn Pro, you can see what you want. You're not cooler than me. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you're not going to be like, I saw you look at something embarrassing. It's like, you have LinkedIn Pro. I know something more embarrassing about you than you could ever have on me from clicking around LinkedIn, you fuck. Yeah. So that's my logic there. So don't worry about it. Um, uh, at, at the moment, anyway, don't worry about clicking LinkedIn. Um, then on the Thursday, we're at the comedy store. Back at the, yeah, the, the home den. And I think so we've, we've had, so we've had a gig on the Tuesday. Yep. Then you're, you're at work the next day. You go and you like, you think that's interesting. Sam Taunton's scoping me out, and yep. then you're at a gig again the next night. Yep. Exactly. And this is my memory. And correct me if I'm wrong. All, all I then remember is I think after the show, this is all bang on so far. Yeah, we're having a chat, <laughs> and I think we're in a group, and I think you asked me what I what my job was. Exactly. And I said, <laughs> you know what it is. <laughs> Like a psychopath. <laughs> like an absolute psychopath. And you, I, I don't remember anything after that, but I think that was a bit of a tense moment. I remember, yes, it was tense. And I, so what, I know something happened the next day after that. Oh, did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, do you remember anything up from that moment? Oh, no, I don't. I just remember at that moment being like, I think I was sitting maybe. Two or people were in conversations and it was kind of down to you and me mm. and maybe one other person. Mm. You mentioned something that was a bit of a lull. I knew I knew that you were a lawyer, but mm. I was trying to just... The Dorothy Dixon. Not to go back to earlier in the podcast when I mentioned keeping the ball in the air. Absolutely. It's kind of what I was trying to do conversationally. And yes. I was like, Tom, and what I, do you do? <laughs> Knowing that you're a lawyer, yeah, but yeah, then yeah. your response, yeah, yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? I was totally. like, this guy's crazy. Can I say uh, I 100% understand that now? <laughs> Well, actually, I'm not sure if I... I don't know. I don't know that for sure, but I, I would assume now. I think the other thing to to explain is that that time, me being a lawyer was something that I was not teased about, but like came up every now and then as like a bit of a oh, ha-ha thing. Amongst okay. comedians particularly. Yeah. So it's definitely... <laughs> Those big dicks being comedians love bullying a button-down lawyer. They do. So it's... I think it was... Perceived to me that you were asking that to embarrass me, and oh, I think the way I've you said you. it, kind of in front of like uh, it, that was my perception that I was doing it in front of the. I remember there was a round table, but in my head, a few others were talking, and I think I was just being like, "So, Tom, you're a lawyer." T-. I mean, also, that, we just met. Of course, I uh, assume that that's yes. now, but yeah, I mean, that's why I responded in the way that I did. Also, I so thought you- it was interesting that you were asking a question that I knew. I thought also that it is was, interesting. I thought it was funny that I knew that you knew the answer to this particular question through LinkedIn funny. notifications 
And what an opportunity to be like, I know that you but know. But I also remember explaining to you on the night after, because mm. I think Becky or someone was like, mm. you're crazy. I think she defended me yeah. in the instance, at yes. least I, at the moment. Yeah. And I think I said, I, mean, I, th- I was I impressed by your set, so I Googled you. She did what she always does. She told both of us individually that of course. she supported us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of not a bad play. You know, that's what, yeah. you, that's what you would do. Of course, do. that's what you do, yeah. But I, after your set, the Tuesday, I was like, mm. this guy's great. Googled him. Mm. I was like, what's his? Because I didn't know who you were. Mm. The, your LinkedIn profile came up. I found myself on the LinkedIn profile. It wasn't like I was like, let's find some dirt on Tom Of Cash course not. No, 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 no. I knew that you weren't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have. I thought it was a funny yeah. opportunity to say I knew. You, yeah, you know, a new something. And, yeah. But to, yeah, to, it's just a beautiful uh, instance of the little social dance we do, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh. You know, Sam, you're finding out and then asking it as a prompt anyway. Yes. I guess maybe it represented solid ground for you, where you're like, I know, he's, you know, like I know what he's going to say. I yes. felt, I felt like, um, like Letterman or something. And when they're like, Hey, so did, did you, <laughs> yeah, totally. how are you finding New York, knowing yeah. that they've got a bit ready to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, but then <laughs> I guess if Letterman was like, so what are you doing here? And the guest was like, you know what? <laughs> I'm Bill Burr, I'm a famous comedian. I've guested on this very show seven times previous. Um, Don't try and fucking smoke me out. (laughs) Guy, did you... um... Uh, But that's not the end. Oh, there is another bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you posted... He, on my public Facebook the next day... Posted a screenshot of my of me as a lawyer from the, the lawyer right. yeah. website, which is a bit that I never forgot. I didn't remember this till like a year ago when mm. you showed me this. That's great. Um, and I forget what the caption was, but it was a bit of a joke and a reference to the awkward moment. Mm. But it was also a bit of exactly the vibe of the um, what I was but defensive you, about at the time. That you've been defensive about. Yeah, of like, uh-huh, aha, yeah. you're you're being formal off in this other life where we're we're mucking around over here. But I also had a corporate job at the time as well. Sure. And did I post a photo of that on your wall? (laughs) (laughs) So what what was your intention when you posted the screenshot? This is a crazy thing because I denied this screenshot Mm. for years afterwards. I was like, absolutely not. Then I think you went and found it one day. Yeah. And you showed it to me about maybe a year ago. I honestly can't remember doing it. I think Mm. I was trying to do what I always do and just try to – uh, be fr- friends or be nice to someone, but I think I, I did you were trying to clean that, the clear yeah. the air a little bit because I remember it being a bit awkward. And it's um and I mean altercation. Not that it was an altercation, but not that I'm ever really in altercations. But no. I think I felt a need to try to. Isn't um, that it represents a, a fascinating time in Facebook's history as well when we used to like have all of these conversations in public. Well, like, that's the thing. It was mm, a bit. It was at the time where that wasn't like. Like in 2010 or 12, people would have like private conversations on there. In this case, it was a bit performative because it got like 20 likes or something. It's like when you're posting on someone's and wall, was wasn't quite, quite common. It, so it was, a jo- it was a public joke. Yeah. Um, even to people who didn't know the context of the conversation. It does blow my mind that I did. It, sound, it seems like a dick move, to be honest. I think the caption was very like worded in a way where it wasn't di- like it was a bit of fun. You know yeah. what I mean? It wasn't like uh, there wasn't a barb or it wasn't an attack, but it was a bit of like a, I suppose, maybe you standing up for yourself after me being kind of aggressive the night before. I don't think you mm. pushed back against my, you know what I, you know the answer to that question. Yeah, I reckon I let it wash over me. And I think me. maybe then you 
went home and you're like, oh, I think a bit of pushback there is necessary. And you went and got the screenshot. And I feel like and the equilibrium of that is quite nice. Yeah, from such uh, humble and gently tense mm. beginnings, you know, a beautiful podcast growth. What, what, do you remember when you met Cashman Guy for the first time? No, I'm, a sh- I'm actually a, a, a shocker for um, remembering virtually anything. Right. Like, I don't even remember that mugging in high definition, mm. which would make sense because they were at two o'clock on a, you know, and I, I got stoned and stock, kicked stocked well. in the face. Well, sadly not stoned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Slow <laughs> Famous <laughs> the part of the story that really sticks out to me. But uh, no, I think I remember. I remember Cashman. You had a lot of funny tweets. Did you see a panda bear as your? Oh yeah, I was a panda. When you, bear. I think when you were maybe maybe when you were still working as a lawyer, were you protecting some level of anonymity? That's right. And, so, and you didn't even have your full name. You were just like Tom or something on Twitter. That's and right. You like, found all the details, mate, with one simple Google search. <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, I know that. Now, this is before I met him. This is before I met him in person. I just come across some of these tweets. Mm. And I'm like, this guy's funny. And then I think. I maybe did a gig with you at the store and you were funny. And then after that, I was telling someone and I, they're like, oh, that's this guy. And I put the pieces together. But I have no actual memory of our person-to-person interfacing. I remember, What's I like, think I met you at the store as well. I don't remember the um, the actual meeting time either. I remember making an effort, not with specifically you, not to be that kind of being cold to the outsiders thing i think around that same time where you were doing the store someone had like talked about that concept or someone else had felt like excluded or something and i'm not sure i clearly didn't make an impression i don't think i did anything but i think i was like tried to be I remember thinking about not being exclusionary. You just weren't an asshole. Too. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Again, it's, actually, it's, funny you, it's, it's funny you bring that up because you seemed really aloof and distant the whole time I was trying to talk to you. And it's nice to know now that it's because you were thinking to yourself, I've really got to include this guy. <laughs> Can I say as well, this is just the, I was thinking about you the other day. Um, well, I was mainly thinking about me, but in the context of a, um, uh, an interaction I had with you. Because you know when you think back, um, on your uh, like embarrassing things that you did, and you can sometimes yes. as you go into sleep, you're like uh, anxious. Oh, I was embarrassed. I, I did yeah. something embarrassing then. I think sometimes you think back on your successes as well. Oh, you know what I mean? I mean, it's rare that they pop into the head, but it's really not bad it? when they do. What a, like what, what an impossible way to fall asleep? You get fucking jacked up on a drill. <laughs> <laughs> I um. I had like every now and then I think little social wins. Obviously, like if you get a bit of a laugh, that's that that can be quite rewarding. Mm. But I was with Guy in London. We were chatting to a a woman, a, a comedian uh, called something. Yes. Um, oh, was it Soho? Yes. We were out the front. And she comes up and she was like, I think maybe it had a few drinks or like very keen to, to talk and started telling me and Guy about some um, big fight she'd had with some, with some guy, some guy that we, I didn't know. I don't think Guy knew. So we were kind of having to put the pieces together about, and she told us a bit of detail about that. And then we started talking about some other concept altogether. She was telling some other story. And then I pieced together in that story, like 10 minutes later, I'm like, is that the guy from that other story? And she and she was and like, she goes yeah yeah it is and then was like kept going about that story and guy just went hang on can we just have a second to like <laughs> acknowledge the detective work that Tom just did there by putting those two <laughs> things together <laughs> and 
I was like, thank you very much. And, and felt very proud. I was thinking well, about that the other day. Dude, you're more present in any conversation than any person I have ever met. Well, like, I feel like you... I don't know if that's always true. The moment true when someone then. starts talking, I feel like you're with them mm. till it ends. That is certainly not always true, but maybe another uh, positive thing about our friendship. Someone told me the other day they, they feel you. like sometimes they get cashmaned if they're at a party or something. All of a sudden it's 3 a.m. and they've just been locked talking to you. Because right. you'll, you'll <laughs> let... Torsion gives and takes away with the same compliment, eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I like the first one better. No, I mean in the sense... I like the first characterization quite a lot more. No, not that, you're, not that you're talking about yourself in that you feed them, you let them yeah, go. Yeah, totally. I mean? And you'll just keep going with them and they mm. love it. And people love talking about themselves. I feel, yeah, I, I feel like actually at the core of your, you are a very strong listener, Tom, is that it's your desire to find um, like logical inconsistencies or like <laughs> little little sort of quirks of detail or piece of information that you go, hold on. Like I feel like the, on your gravestone, it will say here lies Tom Cashman, hold on. to me me, that is you in a conversation it's like someone's in the middle of launching into the beach of a story and you're like no this is this yeah 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 Yeah, you tell and i think that can be extremely frustrating for people but also it belies curiosity it's it's incredibly funny and i'd also like to say in reference to that moment in london Mm. is is from memory and i actually like i blanked the entire thing but when you said it i got transported back to the moment Mm. um is I feel like we weren't getting a lot of oxygen in that conversation. Zero. And your like your aside represented just a moment's reprieve <laughs> where it was like, and we can also talk, and, you know, to each other. And yeah. <laughs> I think it was actually partly me being like, look at how much I'm doing here to even like, you've been talking for like 15 minutes nonstop and I'm just putting shit together. It's like, I have some value. I might have something to say at some stage. Imagine that. Yeah. And, she, and she didn't want it enough? No, she just went straight back to that first one. Like, it was nothing that I put that together. Like, it made, of course, all the sense in the world that mm. I I would piece it together like that when she hadn't put it together in a way that was easy to do at <laughs> yeah. all. And you were just off with the fairies guy? No, he was... I, he I mean, I was, I was I there, but, like, you know... I have a really good, I have a really positive memory of that night, and actually that window of time. This was 2019. This is like mm. this is this is a, a memory that lives a period of time that lives on a pedestal for what it represents is, in terms of not realizing everything was about to get flipped. Oh, just like, after we didn't know what we had, my lord. Yeah. Was I there? And I, yeah, yeah, yeah I think you were there that night. You were there in the in the midst of the the story of the year. As far oh, the as London Hughes yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've never told that story on the podcast. Oh, we were going to get her on we to tell the get, story. <laughs> she wanted to tell the story. She almost came on the pod to tell. I remember, I remember that story. I mean, that that was like you know phenomenal. It yeah. was such a good saga. Yeah, one day, one day I'll um. But and, like and you know, all of all of all of these memories exist in rarefied air for me, where mm. it's like. They are, when I think about what I want to do next year, which mm. is travel and do comedy, it's like those are, you know, I've, I've as we want to do, I've removed any of the challenges and the oh, immense me- totally, sort of mental yeah. exhaustion <laughs> of doing all that stuff. And all I am is like, you know, at Soho at 10 o'clock. Exactly. Feeling a little bit stoned, a little bit pissed, like watching Cashman fucking put together Memento in real time. Dude, that's so funny because I feel like so many of my drunken memories in life are 
watching Cashman talk to someone else. And I'm in the conversation <laughs> and I'm occasionally getting a shot in, but he's doing so much of the heavy lifting and putting it together for me. Like without you, it's like this you're the interpreter for me. Yes, this is not bad. This is not bad. <laughs> um, what's the time? Guy, you, what did you do? You released a thing, a, a, an album. I haven't listened to it yet. You don't have to. Well, I've listened but, uh, to half of it as I revealed today. Um, yeah, my yeah. thing, I think this, I would call it a comedy album. Would you? Or a comedy, I, mean, I guess it is. It's a comedy. I, I recorded, as you know, as you record all of your shows, I recorded my show from the New Zealand Comedy Festival this year. And I was like, it was, I felt like I was going good, you know, throughout the <laughs> festival. I was like, I'm in, I'm in good touch here. Oh, I thought you made but, it halfway through the show. You're like, fuck, we should record this, actually. <laughs> it's well, I did, I did think that. But then I remember the like, fondly. <laughs> Everyone was, up yeah. Yeah. I need to mix this one audio track because they <laughs> upload it. But um, yeah, I recorded it and then I was going to tour New Zealand, uh, but we've been in the house for however long now. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to do this show. I'll do maybe some of the jokes, but I'm not going to do the show again. So I just put it on Bandcamp. And uh, it's also been so satisfying to do. I've never released an hour. I've never released yeah. like, the entirety of something I've worked on. And it's the first time I've been happy to. Where I'm like, I think that is a yeah. good marker for where I got to. Mm. Uh, and so I put it on and there's just no red tape. I had to figure out how to trans change the file from like an MP3 <laughs> to a flack or something. <laughs> got it on Bandcamp. Mm. And then like, you know, if people want it, they can get it. It's so satisfying. That is so good. It is crazy. I think I've thought that it's like, um, and I mean, maybe rightly so, because, you know, early on, at least for my hours, they were terrible. But, like, that we don't record. So many of these shows just disappear. There's so many bits out of shows that I've done that I wouldn't be able to. Mm. If you told me about them, I'd be like, that sounds like a good idea. But I've never done comedy about that ever. Mm. So at least to document it's unreal. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been um, it's been so good. I Honestly, it's, it's like, you know, when you're in lockdown, you really hitch your wagon to certain things to feel like you're connected to the world or you've got anything happening. And it's uh, okay. certainly broken up the, the monotony of just being in the house to be totally. like, I put something out. And it's, so it's on, it's on Bandcamp and it costs 5NZD, which I would guess is oh. 410AUD. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good deal when Very you put it affordable. like that. I think, it's, I think it sounded great. Um, and I basically wanted to stress that I think it has value beyond uh, the uh, the documentation. <laughs> oh, you know, no, I wasn't <laughs> saying it. I, I was just saying that as part, like yes. it does make sense. Like it's something you should do yeah. every year. He's guys, trying to release something that he thinks people might enjoy listening to, and you're like, oh yes, but administratively as well, just well, like in I'd... your own filing system, it has some value there. It's no, like, oh, Tom, this is, <laughs> this is classic Tom Cashman. Yeah, this is really this is the other side of Tom going Cashman. the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> We've gotten into this. I saw your show in Edinburgh in 2019 and I thought, oh, fuck, I just spilled water everywhere. Um, that I was like, this should be recorded. I was like, this is great. Mm. So oh, that's so sweet. Because I was that show I was never to totally, um, totally happy with. And so this show represented me going against, like, trying to make a, a personal show with a point and just be like, I'm funny. Mm. And I found it incredibly satisfying. Mm, that's what I loved about it. You saw a guy that year, maybe the worst hour I've ever had in my life. I saw you have one of the toughest gigs I've seen any friend <laughs> like have. An hour and it was, it was an honour. <laughs> 
Is this I when you started. came out with the hat and, and you a, thought and a it denim was... jacket on? Yeah. <laughs> I remember that afternoon. He's like, "I'm going to wear the hat on stage." I'm like, "Oh, cool. Like, what are you going to like say about it?" He's like, "Oh, just no." Just... It'll be the vibe. Of the <laughs> it's hat. the vibe. And it's like, okay. I remember restarting the show 15 minutes in. I was like, "We've got to start again. <laughs> this is terrible." I walked off <laughs> and went back and announced myself. <laughs> it's such a great moment because that can represent like this incredible galvanizing moment where everyone's on board, or it's like, or it can just represent the biggest challenge you can introduce. To yourself 15 minutes into a bad show Man, it got so much worse after the reintroduction <laughs> it was like I had nightmares about that oh fuck it was uh, bad I had forgotten about that till I just it, saw it's it. important that's like you know that's the stuff that you um you airbrush out in your memories when you're exactly. like I need to go back to Edinburgh for this reason this reason that's the stuff that you're like and it was it's actually you know Things like that in the moment of Bruce. Like, I love watching. If I know a friend has a mental fortitude, oh. I love watching them just eat <laughs> shit. Oh, man, me. Fuck, you would have seen a bit that night. <laughs> I don't think I got to laugh. I remember you laughing. Maybe that was it. But la- not laughing. Laughing when I was struggling, not at the punchline. Yeah, I, I was laughing at the offbeats. I'm, <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm sure I was laughing at some of the jokes. But, like... No, no, no. There's only... <laughs> There's only so like there's only so much you can do. I wasn't watching a comedian then. I was watching like a social phenomenon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, Sam. It it was so uh, bad. It kind of it went beyond it art. It, it became was actually like more of a it, 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 was a it was a good hour. It was just a bad show. Like it's a, it's not that. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was so bad. Oh, it stopped being art and started being anthropology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Precisely. Well, and like you were, you stood in the middle of that that moment in time, that experiment, and you were like not wholly responsible for it because the audience is obviously you know I'm hugely just, responsible for it. But it's just fascinating to be in the middle of it to be like, this is my job. I've travelled across the world to do this, and you've gathered like fifty people from Scotland to come and watch you, and all of them are watching you, being like, how the fuck did this happen? And you're standing up there being like, how is this happening? <laughs> I wish I knew more <laughs> reasons behind it. Oh. You've done so much research, not like across you know the entirety of your comedy career to get you to that point, and all of it abandons you. You're just like, what the fuck is going on, man? It was just like they were upset. I was upset. Mm. Like there was yeah. not a happy person besides Guy. Probably mm. no one was happy. <laughs> In there at all? Maybe oh, I've got a show recorded. I could put it on bed. Yeah. <laughs> dude, it's a great. It's actually a great. You know, if you truly want to, you know, walk the walk of what you outlined, which is putting out these, you know, demarcations <laughs> for moments in a career. You should release it as a like a um, A side and a B side. Your best show for me and bring your worst oh, show for me and bring with the same material. I could be like the Grateful Dead. They have all their ever, all their fans bootleg their shows and upload mm. them. Maybe I'll start doing that and just put all the bombs up. I'll have a Spotify account of horror. And I don't then... think anyone in that audience would be inhumane enough to bootleg <laughs> their show. Yeah, it was it was very bad, very bad. Um, anyway, what do you, you got? Anything else to say, Tom? I think we've done pretty well. Thanks for coming on, Guy. Guy. Hey, it's been so much fun. Thanks for having me. A podcast has changed my life. Dan, it's lovely to meet you. Yes, nice to be back. Come on, sit down, tuck in.